Welcome back to the movies. I am your host, Daniel Berrios, and today's movie is Mrs. Aris Goes to Paris. Mom's away. Mrs. Harris, what would I do without you? Mrs. Harris is the soul of discretion. One would never know she'd been but for the polish on my knobs. That's what we are, Vi, the invisible women. Kiss me once, kiss me twice, then kiss me once again. Isn't it divine? 500 pounds. 500 quid for a dress? When I put it on, nothing else matters. My Eddie would love to see me in a Dior gown. War's been over a long time. Your Eddie's never coming back. Nothing wrong with dreaming, Eddie. That's what you are. You're a dreamer. You should have been receiving a war widow's pension. It comes quite a tidy sum. Oh, it's my Eddie. It's a sign from my angel. What are you going to do? I'm going to buy a dress. A Christian Dior from Paris. <laughs> <gasps> Paris. Ni se départ, ni se navire. Excuse me, dear. I'm after a frock. One of them 500 pound ones. You have the wrong dress. Please, let me escort you out. No, 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 hang on a minute. I've saved every penny scrubbing floor so I can buy this frock. Excuse me, but it would be my honor to have you view the collection as my guest. Oh, that's lovely. Your dress is designed to astonish. How will you do that, Mrs. Harris? You are nobody. Invisible. Madame, may I give you a lift? What was I thinking coming here? I'm just a cleaner from London. No, your cleaner dreams of the most beautiful gown in the world. It's not sewing, it's making moonlight. You dare to follow your dreams, Mrs. Harris. Bravo. This is not possible, not at all. Where are you going, Mrs. Harris? To see the boss. Mrs. Harris, these are for you from Monsieur Le Marquis. I've spent too long on my own wishing my life away. You don't want to do the same thing. This is your chance. I've never encountered anyone like you. Come on, girls, follow me. Today, there's a new woman, a modern woman. I thought it was too late. Now, I'm not so sure. Who's that bloke? Looks the master himself, Monsieur Dior. He looks like my milkman. <laughs> Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris is directed by Anthony Fabian, starring Leslie Manville, as Mrs. Ada Harris, a lady who uh, lives in the 1950s England. She's a working class war widow. She finds that her husband, who's been off in World War II for a long time, and it's a weird to think about it in this way, but it totally makes sense given the period and the lack of like immediate communication that's going on. Like people would spend years not knowing what happened to their loved ones and yeah that's what happened here that the army finally gets a hold of her says like look your husband unfortunately he's been missing in action for some time and he's been gone for long enough that he's now presumed dead and so she's kind of in this weird crossroads where she's alone she doesn't really know how to move on from the death of her husband she's just right now being a cleaning lady for this rich asshole lady uh played by uh anna chancellor and uh who's like a great as just a douchebag but anyway she's at this crossroads and really doesn't know what to do with her life 
until she comes across uh, Anna Chancellor's dress, which is this gorgeous purple dress. And she's like, oh, my God, what is this? And they're like, she goes, ah, it's a Dior gown. This whole movie is working class as fuck. It takes place like in underground bars and she's uh, hanging out with Jason Isaacs, who's playing Archie, this local bookie. And she's got her best friend uh, vibe who's played by Ellen Thomas. And they're both just, uh, they're all trying to get by and just enjoying the little scrap that they can get out of life. And so whenever Mrs. Harris sees this Dior dress, it's this sort of like lights a fire under her ass. Like, look, I've worked my ass off. I've been nice to everybody, including her uh, roommate, who's this aspiring actress and is, I think, good of heart but not so good that she is not gonna allow that she's gonna allow herself to take advantage of Mrs. Harris's hospitality at every fucking second. Like Leslie Manville is playing this woman like the human version of Paddington. And if she's not in Paddington three, at this point, I'm gonna fucking riot. But anyway, this lady is so kind and sweet, but ultimately life has handed her pretty much shit. And so she's fed up. She says, look, I want my piece of grandeur. I want my slice of glamour in this life. So she saves up all the money that she can and travels to Paris to go get her own Dior dress. And there she meets people like Isabelle Huppert, who's kind of like the... The way to explain it is like she's the Emily Blunt of uh, Devil Wears Prada of the Dior company. This lady who's like got a super long stick up her ass and is like wagging her finger and like saying, oh, you're just a cleaning lady. You don't belong here. Snooty, snooty, whatever, whatever. Uh, she comes across this this uh, model, Natasha, who's like Dior's number one model and of course, uh, the model isn't so comfortable being the face of the company, just the face of the company, so to speak. And then you've got the accountant, Mr. Favell, played by Lucas Bravo, and he's just this bumbling dude who maybe has a thing for Natasha, but is too scared to say anything about it because, you know, he's just an accountant. And just, I really liked how wholesome this thing is. It's one of those movies where, like, you... It's a fish out of water thing, but the fish out of water helps everybody through their own personal problems because they're such a good person. And the more I cannot stop saying that this thing is working class as fuck because everybody in this kind of knows where they stand in their social ladder. And it's all about... Um, Whenever you see them working on the dresses, it's all about the spools of fabric that lie on the floor. It's about the hands that are weathered, like going through thread and needle, the little nicks on their fingers because they've accidentally stuck themselves with some need with uh sewing needles and sort of like the weathered faces that are in there too. Not everybody that's working at the Dior company is, you know, this Victoria's Secret age ingenue you know there are some people with years in this business and just watching the behind the scenes and how intensely focused this movie is on behind the scenes and the hands and the work that goes into something 
grand and larger than life, a dream. The work that goes into building a dream, there's so much of that in this movie. Uh, one of my favorite parts about this thing is that it takes place during a time where the trash men are on strike. And so when they're walking in Paris, there are straight up cities just covered in fucking trash. And they're like piling through the shit. And there's something so like punk rock about this, you know, oh, you fuckers dare not pay us enough you give us shitty working conditions watch and see how your idyllic fantasy land just crumbles at our fucking feet and you'd think this would be some sort of like soundtrack by rage against the machines and shit but it's a little like an adorable pg movie it's it's weirdly tailored for like the boomers when i went to go see this thing i was the youngest person by at least 40 years it was actually funny because I got there first and then this lady walks in and she's got her flashlight kind of looking for her seat. And this is before the trailers even start. So I was like, ah, whatever. The lights aren't dim, whatever. What the fuck? And so I, I look on the screen and there's like this glow, this shadow of the banister behind me. It made the screen look like I was watching it inside of a boxing ring, so to speak. And then the trailers start. And that little banister shadow is still there. And then the movie starts. And the shadow boxing ring is still there. And so I look and I believe the elderly lady behind me just either didn't realize that she had her flashlight on still. Or she didn't know how to turn it off. Eventually it did turn off like 15 minutes into the movie. It was really fucking distracting and bizarre. She comes across this uh, this group of homeless guys that are talking about the uh, the state of affairs in Paris. And I think he's the one that introduced her to the idea of the trash workers being on strike. And he says something like, here, the working class man is king. Like, don't you people forget your grand society is built on our backs. And watch what happens when that goes away. Don't get it fucking twisted. So I really liked that in this movie that's adorable about this woman reaching out to find her glamour that it never forgets where it comes from. And, you know, for a movie called Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, a lot of the movie is centered around her actually getting the funds to go to Paris. There's a whole, like, dramatic beat that's about her getting enough money to get this dress. And I like that the movie dedicates so much time to it because by the time that she does go to Paris, that's like a little victory in and of itself. It's like a mini movie within this big movie. Again, none of this stuff is spoilers because it's literally the title of the fucking movie, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. But the way it goes about it and the way that it builds Mrs. Harris is just this resilient this uh resourceful spunky lady who whenever she gets something in her mind she's gonna go for it regardless of whatever shit happens to her and does it with a smile and a warmth and a ability to give so much she gives so much to people and she loves people by you know cleaning helping them clean or like she cooks for people just it gives them advice. It's just such a open person. Mrs. Harris is the person that we all kind of want to be. 
I feel like this is the person I want to be. I want to be a little bit more open. I want to be more giving. I want to be someone that you can rely on and feel the love without necessary. Like, I want to be able to love people without having this nagging thought in the back of my head, like, oh, what have they done for me? You know, that's sort of like selfless love. I want to be able to exude that. And I don't know what kind of secrets uh, Mrs. Harris has going on, but she does. And Leslie Manville, Jesus, she is so charming in this thing. There are these moments when she finally gets to see some of the dresses that it does this weird, like, uh, Jaws, like, this, you know, the dolly shot from Jaws where it's like a zoom, but it's also a dolly as well. But with her, she's like swooning over the dress and just the look of joy that's melting across her face is so sweet and warm. You just want to hug her. You want to buy her every dress in the fucking thing. Uh, one of my favorite, and, and I like, and I like that this is a movie that lets it be sort of this fantasy, uh, romantic wise. Like she's meets this guy, the Marquis, played by Lambert Wilson, who kind of introduces her to uh, the dresses and the show. And her uh, relationship with him, that thing develops in a way that impartially is kind of like one of those romantic fantasies. But there's a little bit more under the surface. And I like the depth that this movie goes to. It's based off of a book. And I definitely feel a little bit of that missing. Like this feels like it could have been like a miniseries and really gone into all the shit that's probably in the book. But for what it does within a relatively short period of time how long is this thing it's an hour 55 that's not bad that's a little less than spielberg's perfect length and yeah they're able to cram in a lot there's depth in a movie like this that is so simple on the surface and it's not depth in a way that takes over from the rest of the movie it doesn't take over the plot and drives you to boredom by going into the grand backstories of every character it all moves at a brisk and like well done pace and i don't know there's something just pleasant about this thing it's totally predictable like you watch like 20 minutes of the thing you know how the movie's gonna end and how it's gonna go across but it's just the biggest warm chocolate biscuit and tea of a movie. Uh, I think there's one thing that they do like at the very, very end. There's like a particular decision that they make that I feel like should have leaned more towards the themes that the movie was building on before, like about the working class specifically and the sort of resolution that comes out of that. But that's like a nitpicky thing. and. Also, whatever, the way that ends creates, like, a satisfying payoff to something that's planted where, like, you know, anybody who's mean to Mrs. Harris in this movie, you want to see them get thrown off a cliff. There's this lady, oh, God, I want to see if I can find this actress's name because she is so good. Guyane, oh, good Lord. Uh, Guyane Londes? Oh, forgive me. This is going to be bad. Uh, I think it's G-U-I-L-A-I-N-E. Londe. 
And she is so like she plays this character, Madame Avalon, who is just super entitled rich lady cannot fathom that a cleaning woman has the money to buy a Dior dress. And just the disdain with which she looks at this lady is so much that you really just want to see the guillotine drop at a certain point. Like, this motherfucker here. And it's to the point where, like, there are these two other elderly women who are in the audience, and any time that lady would do something nasty to Mrs. Harris... You just hear the, <gasps> like the grunts and the gasps and like the murmuring amongst themselves, which is like the closest to, did you see that fucking bitch? You know, that kind of shit. I, I saw this with the right kind of crowd and <laughs> it was a good time. I saw this a while ago and I'm still thinking about how much this movie just made me smile. And it's a really easy breezy watch i'd recommend it to pretty much damn near everybody the dresses in it are absolutely stunning like if you've ever been interested in looking at dresses as just works of art in in and of themselves this is something for you the dresses are stellar i liked the cinematography in this a lot a lot of it going towards the sort of muted uh, realistic tones of the 1950s but then also you've got these sort of dreamlike more uh, emotionally charged sequences where the color the color really gets to blossom and be more of a fair an adult fairy tale if you will and that stuff just it's a really sweet movie and it warms my heart and it, leslie manville's fantastic in it and a lot of the characters, a lot of the ensemble in this gets really good moments to shine. Even people that are like the tertiary characters, I found, uh, where is this actress's name? And again, maybe it's because I'm totally into redheads. But let me see here. Scroll, 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 scroll. Uh, Roxanne Duran, who plays Marguerite. She's kind of like the uh, Anne Hathaway assistant to Isabelle Huppert. And for some reason, like, whenever she feels for Mrs. Harris, that warmth in her smile is just, ugh, to die for. And I liked her, and I liked the guy that plays the husband of the rich douchebag lady. I really liked, uh, I mean, it's hard not to like Isabelle Huppert, because she's just, there's a moment where, uh, she's giving the guy who physically makes the dresses shit and she just like throws something at him but she throws it in this ridiculous like michael jordan-esque arc almost like a basketball and it made me fucking laugh my ass off and this miss huper is just chewing scenery like the dresses are made out of cotton candy and it is absolutely wonderful but then again, you've got a little bit of depth to her too, and so you gotta get somebody who's able to play both extremes, and yeah, no, that's, it's just good stuff. You know, it's good stuff, and it's, like, easy to explain how good this shit is. All you really just gotta do is watch it, and you kinda understand, yeah, there's a lot of love that went into this thing, and it's pleasant and warm and sweet, and ultimately, it's just a fine, fun watch. So, I would recommend Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris to uh, my friend Rachel, specifically. She's at I'm Ray of Sunshine. 
she told me to tell her uh my opinions on this, so I'm going to go ahead and tag her in this. But uh, thinking about her uh, Twitter page, which is very pastel and pink and sweet and kind, like I feel like she would fit right in within this cast. And yeah. Anyway, thank you very much again for listening to another episode of the movies. If you want to follow me, you can do so at the movies underscore pod on Twitter. And yeah, until next time, friends, you take care. Thank you.